Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal every week to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we pray that it changes your heart and provokes life change and action. God bless, and please listen from your heart. Enjoy. This Sunday evening, we're going to be looking at patience, reconciled living, and we're going to be looking at it from the passage in Ecclesiastes 7-8. In Ecclesiastes 7-8, it says, The end of a matter is better than its beginning. Patience of spirit is better than haughtiness of spirit. Talking about God's patience. When Robert Ingersoll, the famous atheist, was lecturing, he took out his watch and declared, I will give God five minutes to strike me dead for the things that I have said. The minutes ticked off as he held the watch and waited. In about four and a half minutes, some women began fainting, but nothing happened. When the five minutes were up, Ingersoll put the watch in his pocket. When the incident reached the ears of a certain preacher, Joseph Parker, he asked, And did the gentleman think he could exhaust the patience of the eternal God in five minutes? Thinking of patience, understanding how we are living and how we do what we do in this world, it's very important. It's important how we live and how we act and react to matters that we are facing in this world. It's important that we understand our place in Christ and how we ought to live. So how, first and foremost, how we live and operate matters. Verse 1 in chapter 7 says, A good name is better than a good ointment. And the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. How we live, the type of name and character that you and I have, it matters. It matters in eternal significance. So that very much affects the way that we do the ins and outs of how we live, and how we conduct ourselves, how we interact with others, how we do business, all the things that we do from being a student in a classroom to being someone who may be retired. Everything that we do, how we live and operate, lends itself to a conversation with someone about Christ for the first time or lends it to help them grow beyond where they are. Our conversations must mean something. So how we live and what we do either encourages or discourages these things. So why is a day of one's death better than the birth? Because our reward is in that. Our reward is in the ending of our lives. Secondly, there's a house of mourning and a house of feasting given in verse 2. It says, It's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, because that is the end of every man, and the living takes it to heart. Why is it better to go to a house of mourning than a feasting? I think there are times in our life when we are at our lowest estate that we seek God the most. When 
everything is good and well, yes, we can praise God for that. But most people tend to get comfortable at that point or take things for granted that are going on. But when things are lean and difficult and hard, that's when wisdom is found. Because we try to find understanding of circumstance, of going on, of trial, of, of the issues that is there. But at the end of every man should be the beginning of wisdom and the wisdom of God. At the end of every man and every woman in this earth, it should be where we understand our shortcomings and understand God's providence each and every situation. So we look at this, and a lot of us want for the good times, but during the hard times, I think that's when God uses us the most because we're most willing to be used and most willing to seek after Him. And we take it to heart. Thirdly, what about sorrow and happiness? In verse 3 it says, Sorrow is better than laughter, for when a face is sad, a heart may be happy. We are all going through unprecedented times. And most of us have lived lives of ups and downs. Our heart can still be happy and content in the Lord, even though our faces show the sorrow that we're facing. None of us very much loves what is going on in the world today. None of us are very happy about it, joyous about it, but our heart our hearts can still be connected and happy with God. Our heart can be content with who He is in our lives. Even though things are around us, there's also an understanding to which, as I said in the previous passage, that when we are sorrowful, we are often seeking. When we are walking through difficulties, that's when we're most vulnerable and willing to connect with God. When we realize we can't, we realize there's a God who can. And there's very much wisdom in that. The folly of things sometimes is that we continue to go down the same road, committing the same things and doing the same things that got us into such a mess, instead of doing things differently and turning to Him in this situation. Fourthly, the wise and the foolish. Let's look at verses 4 through 7. The mind of the wise is in the house of mourning, the mind of fools is in the house of pleasure. It is better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than for one to listen to the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorn bushes under a pot, so is the laughter of a fool. And this too is futility. For oppression makes a wise man mad, and bribe corrupts the heart. There's a difference between the wise and the foolish. Oftentimes the foolish are the ones that do things just to get themselves ahead or just to hear themselves do things or see be seen. There, there's wisdom in knowing that it's better to listen to what a wise man has to say. But you have to be one of those that's a lifelong learner. See, I've, I've long ago said that there's more to learn, there's more to grow, there's more that I need to know in my walk with God, but also about how I might do things better. I don't always do things right. You don't always do things right. We don't always do things correctly. But that affords us the ability to listen to someone of wisdom 
and to do things different for the kingdom of God's sake, not for just the sake of doing things. For a lot of people do things with empty or vain results in mind that have no consequence eternally for the grand scheme of things in the bigger picture. We've got to understand wise men will seek after the knowledge that God has. And we need to understand the beginning of all things and the ending of all things must be in Him. So let's look at patience. Fifthly, patience. Verse 8, I read it to you at the beginning of this time together we've had this evening. Patience is something that a lot of the world is short on right now. If you ever want to be tried, ask and pray for patience. Because God will bring that about in your life. Patience, we want it. We want it now. But patience is what helps us to be able to walk through and identify and work with people that are different than us, that live differently, that have been through situations differently. It helps us. Patience helps us identify, build relationships, build communities, work in missions, and involve ourselves in, in people and people groups that we never had an inroads with. It's just time works. Patience is necessary to be able to make any kind of an impact in this world with individuals that are like us, but also those that are different than us. Verse 8, again, The end of a matter is better than its beginning. Patience of spirit is better than haughtiness of spirit. Patience, waiting on God to move in and throughout a situation, realizing that there are varied and innumerable things that are outside of my control and outside of your control in our own life. We'd love to have control over everything and know the ins and outs of all things, but I think it, it lends itself for us to trust in God more and more. For wisdom, I believe, is, is sought after from God, and that wisdom is given to us in such a manner greater than even our own understanding. Wisdom means if we're seeking wisdom, that is, that we trust that we don't know the entirety, but God does. Wisdom, if you're looking at it like this, an example from this world, maybe you are learning a new trade or, or, or something new to do. You want to set yourself up by going and spending time with someone that has done it for years and years and years, that knows the ins and outs, the tools, and the and the resources that you'll need to make it a lifelong endeavor. You and I must understand, if we are thinking in, in the biblical sense, we've got to spend time with God, growing as deep and deep and deep as we can go, understanding what He has for us each and every day. Understand the provisions that He gives us day to day that will last us through a lifetime. You and I aren't meant for this long life, and we don't know when we're going to reach the end of it. We are to spend time with Him every day and do our very best every day to allow for God to reign supreme in our life, to realize just how much we do not possess but how much knowledge and wisdom that God has. When you understand that He is everything that we need, 
then you begin to understand what it means to dine with Him, to sit at His feet daily, to realize how woefully inadequate you and I are, but how much more He is. At the end of ourselves, we realize that God is there. And God speaks to the very heart of the matter, to the very bone and marrow. And sometimes we wonder why we don't make the impact that we ought to be making. And it's because this essential understanding that we can't do anything by mere grit and want to. We have to have the knowledge and understanding of God in our lives and have to have the strength and the might behind that and the wisdom that He gives us in order that we might not do a bunch of things just for the sake of doing it, but that we might do things well, that benefit the kingdom well. See, we can do a lot of things, and our church can get involved in a lot of things. But is it worth doing that at the sacrifice of the caliber that God has set us up to, or the standard? Meaning that we can do a bunch of stuff, and there are many that say, well, Pastor, why don't we do this, 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 and this, this? Well, we can do a bunch of things and spread ourselves really thin, or we can do certain things really well. The more that we have individually and corporately that lend themselves to the wisdom of God, that spend time at His feet every day, that commune with Him and are led by Him and have patience in His leading in this church, then the more that we'll be able to do. And we'll be able to do it in a manner that glorifies His kingdom. The end result is that we reach others for him. And we're able to do that in our faith life. Patience through times of hardship, which is infinitely better than the proud spirit that prosperity might have generated in them, which leads to foolishness. So let's break this down. How we live and operate in this world matters. Why do you think it matters? It matters because it is a reflection of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Our faith in Jesus Christ is greater than our own capabilities. We can't do anything apart from Him. It's impossible to outdo what God is already able to do, and even better, He's able to do greater than us. See, our impact is very minute. God's impact lasts on and echoes out. Think about it like this. If you've ever stood over a cavern or stood over a cave or stood over a canyon or something, when you speak out, what happens? It goes on and on and reflects back, right? When you and I seek the Almighty and the wisdom that He has, we understand how we live and operate matters, then His impact is going to echo out from us. Yes, there's going to be some growth for us in that, but far greater are we going to reach people, serve people, love people, and make an impact for the kingdom of God greater than we ever thought we could have. At the end of the day, our short time, which is the dash between our birth and death, is what we have to give to God.
for God to use us for the faith and the growth that we need. It's also a reflection of the prominence He has within our lives. See, our relationship with God and how we live and operate, it should be all-encompassing. It should be all-encompassing from everything. Our identity in Christ and the way that we live with wisdom, biblical wisdom, should, should affect every facet of our life. From our private to our public, from our work to our, to our leadership at home, from the way that we spend our money to the way that we go out, from the way that we served and helped the least of these, to the way that we give, all of the things and, and all of those aspects and more in our life revolve around His all-encompassing purpose for our lives. What and where does He hold in our lives? What prominent place should He have in our lives? Secondly, patience is required for any of us that is willing to make a lasting impact on the community surrounding us. We can't believe, but most in our community don't know Jesus Christ. And they don't have that relationship. And they're not going, and they're not serving. And we have a great opportunity in our community to utilize the gifts and abilities that God has given us to build relationships, to serve others greater than our own needs, serve others, and by building those inroads and building those relationships and building those friendships, then we're able, uniquely as the church, to begin to speak into their lives. And God is able to reach them more effectively. We all have gifts and abilities that He's bestowed on us. We need to grow them and go out. We need to serve and we need to have patience to know that that's going to take time. It's not going to show up in one endeavor. If all we do and put all of our eggs into is a one event type thing, then we're going to miss the boat. It has to be a week-to-week, -week, a day-to-day, -day, a month-to-month, -month, a year-to-year -year type thing. And we can't give up on people. We have to continue to build that relationship, that right to be heard, that caring and understanding that we're just not there for one thing. We're there for God to do greater things. God needs you. God needs me. God needs all of us in the here and now, in this community, in the Sturgis area, and even beyond that. We have so many students coming from all over the United States, all over the world, into Starkville that have absolutely no clue or no desire or no want to about Jesus Christ. And the Christians they've heard of are not the ones that you and I would look to follow even as believers in Christ. So we've got to live, and we've got to build, and we've got to serve, and we've got to be on purpose wherever we are. Patience is required. Thirdly, we must be servants, not just consumers of the faith. We must be willing to tend to others' needs before our own needs. In doing so, the Bible says we are doing the will of God. The world tends to lend toward a self-centric way of life. But in stark contrast to the Bible, 
The Bible lends us to be God-centered in our lives. If we're transparent, many of us find ourselves doing both on most days. Our goal that we strive for is becoming more and more God-centered so that we can stand out from the world and even other believers. I believe now, more than any other time, we need people that are willing to get involved. We don't need Christians who are bench players, who just sit, collect, and want to be fed. We need spiritual athletes that are willing to grind, to work, to get in the game, and to serve the utmost. All of us have different difficulties in our lives, from health to situational things that are going on. But our heart, staying in tune with Him, helps us to hear Him more effectively. You remember the, the radios, and many of you do, you had to tune them just right to hear the message and hear it with clarity, without the garble and the fuzz and the sound and everything else. You and I must pursue Him. We must pursue service of Him to make an impact around us. And we've got to get all of the things in line with God as we ought to, so that others around us can hear the message of God that they need to hear. But also so that we can get the distractions out of our lives and be in tune with Him. There is, in fact, a God who is trying to speak to you, to lead, to govern, to guide, and direct you, if you're willing to just get out of the way. God-centered living means that we keep our eyes on the main thing, and the call of Jesus Christ is that thing. For His kingdom's sake. If we keep our eyes on our own thing and focused on our own ways, then we're not going to get involved around us and we're not going to do the things that we need to do. And we're willing to talk ourselves out of everything. We've got to understand, we might not get benefit of it, but what it is, is the benefit of the kingdom of God and the spiritual needs that are vast and varied in this world. Fourthly, we are, we are needing to be wise in a world of fools. The question is, where do we take our wisdom from? Is your wisdom and my wisdom from people or from God? That's very important. You and I cannot meld or melt together wisdom from both to make something palliable with everybody around us. We're going to offend people. We're going to stand out. Let's make sure we do so for the right reason. Not for what do you think, what do I think, and how do we come together on that. No, what does God say, how is He leading, and let me make my stand on that. What is God saying, how is He leading, what does His Word say, how is He leading out in my life, how am I to impact the world around me? See, we must choose this day who we're going to follow. Are we going to live with wisdom that God brings through the hard times, through the good times, through all times? Or are we going to allow for our focus to be on ourselves? It really gets down to those things. Wisdom and folly or wisdom and foolishness really get down to an understanding of who's in control. Following God or following ourselves.
One leads to eternal impact, the other leads to destruction. See, the world around us shows us right now that wide and narrow gate that the Bible talks about. The narrow gate leads to righteousness and far few will take it because it's costly, but it's so worthwhile. And the world around us is following through this wide gate of what everybody thinks is acceptable and what everybody thinks is okay and what the cultural consensus is. In reality, there's a right and a wrong, a way and then everybody else's way. And we must choose, are we going to follow God and His way, the narrow path or the narrow gate? Or are we going to do what everybody else does? And there are a lot of well-meaning Christian believers that at the risk of not offending anyone, they don't want to say what needs to be said. Y'all, I would rather offend someone convict them of what they're doing than to keep my mouth shut or to say something that leads them or causes them to stumble. See, wisdom comes from spending time with God, dining with Him at His feet daily and living it out with boldness in this world. Even if we're the only one, we need to do that. Father God, we come this evening. God, we ask You to convict us of the way we live of how we operate in this world. God, of the wisdom that we should have, but also the knowledge of you. At the very end of us, God, you do great things in our lives, God. We don't know everything. We don't have or possess all answers. But God, as we spend time with you every day, and your heart becomes our heart, we begin to see the world in varied and innumerable ways, God. And I just ask you to Forgive us where we have been so self-centered and not been centered on you, God. Father God, work in and through us for your purposes, for your name's sake. God, I just thank you for opportunities where we can gather and learn more and grow in you. And it's in your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for being with us this evening. We hope that you are growing in your knowledge and truth of God in your life. There are so many offerings that we have, 9 and 11 on Sunday mornings together in person, and the rest is on our small groups, Sunday school, DT, discipleship training, uh, small groups in youth and children, and throughout the week there are various ones that are going on. Tuesday I'll be back with you at noon. For our announcement time, a quick check-in, and then Wednesday night, I'll be with you at 6, and I hope that you'll join back there. There will be announcements coming up soon about a Q&A time between you and the staff. You will be able to submit any kind of theologically related questions, and we will have a Wednesday night coming up soon in July where we will answer those, or as many as possible, in our normal given time period. It's an opportunity for you to ask some questions that maybe you might have and submit those. So more information will come up about those. You'll see those in the slides and things available. Uh, you'll have to get that to us by the prescribed time or the cutoff time so that we might have about a week to get prepared and be able to have an adequate answer. Thank you for being here this evening. 
and I hope God he blesses you beyond measure. for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.